0: and welcome to the silver screen queens podcast every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it i'm mel i'm katie and we're your hosts this week we watch triple frontier directed by jc chandor and released in 2019 the plot of triple frontier goes something like this five former special forces soldiers team up to steal a drug baron's fortune and as we usually do we'll tell you whether we think you should see this movie I uh, no, Not unless you're me and you feel like you have to watch all of Oscar Isaac's movies. Yes. I, I was going to say, this is one for the Oscar Isaac completionists. and i He's good in it. I know. Yes. And I know you've seen worse Oscar Isaac movies. Much worse. <laughs> and I've seen some pretty mediocre ones, but this is definitely like in the bottom part of oscar isaac movies i'd say this is probably in the top half of oscar isaac movies oh, for me man he's made some bad choices <laughs> he's in his made life some really bad choices uh, it's somewhere in the middle for me like i've definitely seen a lot worse than this yeah. um yeah this by the way um is on is a netflix movie straight to netflix which yeah, yeah we, might, we might get into later actually but <laughs> yeah this is oh boy it's just yeah this is it's so i mean i think i knew from the trailer I saw the trailer for this and went, "Oh, I know where this movie's going. This is completely unoriginal. Yeah. Like I could sort of see a lot of the place. This, the tropes that it was already buying yeah. into. It has some like interesting ideas. Um, and and I'll get into some stuff later on. I think there's, I think there's some problems in storytelling that if they fix them up, it could actually be quite a good movie. Yeah. Um, which I'll talk about. Yeah. So and this the spoiler some, part. Yeah, I will too. But and there's some talent here. Like it's well shot. It looks oh, yeah. really good. Sounds terrible, but it does, doesn't it? The sound mix is awful. Yeah. Awful on this film. It's and it's got some good people involved with it. They've spent money on the cinematography, they've spent money on the location, they've spent money on the actors. But it just doesn't come together very well. And I think I think I'm in agreement with you on the storytelling. Like it's just a weird the way the decisions they make about how things go. Mm. I think are a bit weird. Yeah. There's some pacing problems and stuff, but I think there's also some character problems that yeah. if they were changed, it could have made a much more compelling film. Mm. There's none of these guys I really connect with. There's no one like I, – I, I, And the other thing is like from the very beginning, the thing they're trying to do seems stupid and they keep saying, yeah, this is actually a really stupid idea. And it's obviously a stupid idea. And so like – you're just kind of waiting for things to go south and how how far badly they're going to go south. Mm. So there's that sort of element of like, yep, I know where this is going. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we pretty much told people whether or not they should see it. Mm. Um, we should get into spoilers so that I can yeah. talk a bit about it. Yeah, because I think it, it's hard to talk about without Yeah, to be too honest. So my biggest problem with this movie was that there's not enough differentiation between the characters. <laughs> yeah. um, and that I think causes a lot of the problems with not being able to connect with them, with the film getting boring because we don't know who these people are as separate people mm-hmm. and they keep swapping over what their motivations are and who is the person who's deciding to kill people and all of that stuff so much mm-hmm. that they're not separate enough as people for us to care about.
1: Mm. And oh, I, I think know. if they
0: had fixed that, and made each of them more defined... It could have been a lot more interesting because then you're going to go into a situation going, oh, what is the person who is like this going to react like? Whereas like this movie, you know, one minute Pedro Pascal's going, don't kill anybody. The next minute he's going, kill all these teenagers. And you're yeah. like, "Who? who is the person here yeah. who is going to be the one who says, no, we're not going to do this? Yeah. Uh, and they all, they, a few of them. So I think Ben Affleck has a swap there as well. Yeah. In where way he feels. Um, the character of Ben, Garrett Headland's character, completely swaps and then swaps back again and then yeah. swaps back again. More than once. Yeah. And, and then there's Charlie Hunnam and his terrible accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. My literal first note, Hunnam's accent. <laughs> this is my first note. <laughs> it's so bad because yeah, the film opens on a speech that he's giving. Very poorly, by the way. It, they yeah. should have gone straight to the Oscar Isaac thing for the opening. It's much more interesting. Yeah. And then maybe interwoven Charlie Hunnam's speech into that. But also, yeah, his accent, he well, doesn't. Yeah, not start even, with Oscar Isaac because Oscar Isaac is the leader and he's bringing the team together. Yeah. So start with him. Yeah, anyway. And he, But Charlie Hunnam also isn't even trying to copy Garrett Hedlund's accent, which mm. would have made a lot more sense mm-hmm. because they're brothers. And yeah. also, I feel like Garrett Hedlund's got this very specific way of talking that mm-hmm. would have been quite easy to at least try and copy. Mm-hmm. Very weird choices. Yeah. Um. But yeah, th- definitely they should have opened up with Oscar Isaac. He's more compelling. <laughs> mm-hmm. he, that was the most compelling part of the whole movie, that opening with him in it. Yep. And like... He's the leader. He's the one we're following. Yeah. So it doesn't make it, any sense for it us. It makes to open so much more canon. sense. Yeah. And then actually have him get the team together in a really like that's a, it's a specific skill, you know, getting the team together mm. and you, you really need to establish those characters really well and then stick with it. Like, yeah. he, like the whole, the way Ben starts is this loose cannon who's having this cage fight and and then halfway through the movie, like he he swaps back a couple of times to be like repeatedly becomes the most stable person which doesn't make any sense because he's he's the loose cannon he's the loose cannon and then he's the sensible one yeah and it's just what yeah um okay so Uh, i want to set up a couple of things this is my second jc chandor oscar isaac movie Mm -hmm. he also made a film called a most violent year which i actually think is one of oscar isaac's best films Mm -hmm. um he acts pants off everybody and he's he's up he's in that movie with jessica chastain too yeah that's that movie's really highly regarded i haven't actually watched it but yeah it's really good they the two of them together are just so dynamic Mm. it's it's a really like it's a very um kind of deep dive into morality that is really interesting to watch Mm. And I can see some of the threads of that in this. And I can see who J.C. Chandor is as a director through that and this, Mm. um, which I think is really interesting. The second thing is, this is my third Oscar Isaac Garrett Hedlund movie. They've been in three movies together and none of them are connected to each other. Inside Lewin Davis Mm -hmm. has both of them. Then there's a movie called Mojave. It is in the bottom five Oscar Isaac movies, both in terms of attractiveness and in terms of quality, um, which are two different scales. And um, and then this one, mm. which I think is very odd. It's a weird thing that they've been in so many movies together. I mean, yeah. Yeah, maybe they like one another. I don't know. I guess so. Or maybe they just up for the same kinds of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a there's a pretty big gulf in talent level between them, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I just think that's – like, you know, Oscar Isaac and Donald Gleason have also worked together a bunch of times, which is interesting, yes. but it's just a weird – anyway, mm. just – thought I'd point that out. So I'm already comparing it in my head to things that you haven't seen. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And and JC Chandor as well, like, I can see a visual style that carries over from A Most Violent Year to this. There's these shots of people from behind as they're walking that he does quite a bit. That stair run. Yes, at the beginning. Oh, my God, I loved it. In very tight jeans, both <laughs> on Oscar Isaac and on The, the girl. girl Who's Chasing, Whose Name I Can't Remember. Um, She's in the upcoming Good Omens. Oh, cool. Adaptation. She's playing Anathema Device. I got completely distracted ah, and was Googling Good Omens right, for like right, 20 right. minutes. Yes. So any anyway, like there's, I was mostly like, my God, that is a lot of uphill running. Oh my God, that is a lot of stair running. Yeah. These people must be so fit. And then there's a shot of Oscar Isaac like struggling for breath, yeah. and I'm like, Oh yes, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. The whole opening, yeah, was the, so it was good. really good. And it also established some things about the movie, like anyone could get shot at any time and die in front of you. Like it was going to be one of those kind of movies. Yeah, it also felt very similar to Sicario, which oh, I yeah. think you have you also I seen? No, I haven't actually, but yeah, it definitely in in that ballpark. Yeah. So I was also thinking about a lot about Sicario in this while watching this, which is another movie that's very well shot. Um, so there's a lot going on. But yeah, if the movie hadn't had that energy for the whole film, it probably would have been really good. Well, yeah. And cause I, at that point as well, I saw in the opening credits, Catherine Bigelow is an executive producer on this. And so I was like expecting that kind of, you know, zero dark 30 kind of energy, which I haven't seen. I want to see that. Yeah. And it wasn't what happened. Yeah. One of her longtime um, collaborators was the screenwriter that's how she's involved in this one okay i also made a note of this early on and i don't know if you will have seen this but um i really think one of the guys on that bus does, looks like a latino matt damon mm. <laughs> i didn't see that but now i, did. Oh, I God, thought... do i have to go back and rewatch this stupid movie probably not it's only in that little bit um, he's, he's, he's funny. not in the whole thing but like i was i actually thought it was matt damon for a second which i thought was funny um oh, i have to go back and have a look uh yeah, my notes during this this scene. Um I have a note that says close up on Oscar Isaac my man. Um <laughs> which is literally does like it pans oh, yeah. over the tight jeans and then to the discotheca yep. below and then there's a gorgeous shot of like Oscar in like a third of the frame and then the discotheca behind him. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous and then it shifts focus. so good. It's beautifully shot. Yes, beautifully. Um which is why I'm like so disappointed in sound mix. Yeah. Like, you, like, this looks so amazing. And then we get to a scene with people talking and I can't hear them. Yeah. And then I turn the volume up and then my ears are blown away. Yeah. I wrote This Is Well Shot a few times. And then I wrote hmm, and jawline. So, and so then, you, you were concentrating hard. <laughs> then my next note is, I mean, oh, no, violence, co- bad cops, oh, dear. So... <laughs> I actually genuinely didn't follow the plot of this movie several times because I was looking at Oscar Isaac and going, he looks so hot in this movie. Like I I was very distracted. I wish I had been more distracted. Like I clearly did get distracted because I'm like the girl playing Ben Affleck's daughter should play princess Eugenie (laughs) because she looks a lot like her. But that that is a note I have written here, but I clearly was paying too much attention Um, and didn't. Yeah. Like, I mean, not that you needed to, you could, you could, tell where things were going, what, what was going, like mm. couldn't tell exactly what was going to happen. But like I watched it with my husband and he and I were like, we, we were like we laying bets on which one of them was going to die from very early on. And we were, we, were, we were both like, Oh my God, I really don't want this informant lady to get tortured and killed, um, which didn't happen. Which, yeah. Like, I, I to the movie's that. credit, she didn't, that didn't happen at all. But, and I was, we were like, Oh God, that's definitely going to happen. Like the, the plot stuff is really, really obvious. It's a bit kind of <laughs> basic. Kind of I think there's a, an, a devotion to realism that actually detracts from this movie in a certain way. like I, th- I feel like they did a lot of study of like what are these guys really like? Mm. But because they did that, they turned them into that kind of group think. And they wanted to use every characteristic they'd learned about those guys instead of creating five distinct characters. Yeah. And like, you know, what is it really like in, you know, in these kind of situations? What are these villages really like? All of that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it then doesn't give you enough sort of film language to understand and to appreciate things. No, absolutely. Because like when they do the heist in the drug lord's house – the production design on that house is phenomenal. Mm. The beautiful green theme that goes throughout this sort of faded jungle mansion kind of aesthetic going on with the chandeliers and the old wooden furniture and stuff. Like that, they put a lot of effort into those kind of details, mm. but like missed the bigger picture. Yeah. <laughs> I also was already getting into the uh, the details. Um, early on because I've got a note that says, how early in the morning is this? He was showing up at that apartment before school. No, showing that apartment before school because what happens is Ben Affleck Mm. shows shows a house or an apartment. I don't remember. And then he goes and picks up his daughter. And then, yeah. And then he goes and sees Oscar Isaac, then goes and picks up his daughter. Yeah. They they go, he sees Oscar Isaac. They go to Ben Affleck's house. They have a beer and then the daughter gets in the car and then they, and then take her to school. Okay. So I assumed it was like he was taking her to after school activity or whatever. Like, she'd been at her mum's house or whatever and he had to take her to cheerleading practice or I don't know whatever she's going she was to. in like a full long plaid school skirt oh okay it seemed That's like she weird. was weird right the timing doesn't make any and then and then he's like are you going to the fight tonight right yeah yeah so then they cause then they go to the f- yeah cuz then they split up again and come meet back at the fight in the the uh the locker room the locker room has a poster on the wall by the way which is like an ad for a men's over 35 basketball league and I was like if there was ever an appropriate bit of set decoration yeah um that also is the moment when Oscar Isaac says the line I need a pilot at which point I freaked out and completely lost my shit and I was like you need a pilot <laughs> anyway um, oh dear um yeah yeah, no, that was a problem. I'm sorry, I, in that scene, I actually picked out a line that was like, "I'm sorry, I called you a shit bullshit." I wrote that too, and I was like, "God, the English language the, is interesting." That's what, the, it's right. actually really well written. Yeah, there's a lot of lines that are really good. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's why I think it's such a shame that it doesn't get put into an uh, interesting it, movie. And this is yeah, like there's a lot of good. There's so many good parts to this, mm. elements to this. It's just not well made. No. My next note is who walks like this? Because when they're walking along, Pedro Pascal's shoulder is literally right behind Oscar Isaacs. Uh. And they're walking in quite a wide corridor. There's another person next to them and yet they're walking like right in front of each other. Oh. Which I was like, is that to try and stay in shot? Just have a wider shot so it doesn't did look they, so it, weird. Did, was there something in the wider shot that they didn't want? Or yeah. yes it was very strange. Mm. No, because then they have you have a wider shot and you can see the other person walking with them. Yeah. Um it was that was weird. Mm. and then they cut away before the fight yeah and i was like you could at least let us watch the fight well, and then t- and tell us who ben is instead of like having us later on have this guy who swings wildly between being the loose cannon and being the really sensible one being loose cannon again and being the sensible one again yeah and but it also seems like he's the dumb one yeah right? so why so frequently is charlie hunnam the dumb one? Oh god yeah It doesn't make any sense. No, yeah. So, yeah, like the brothers swap roles and then, oh, everyone's – and the way they try and set Charlie Hunnam up is like this, you know, upright ex-army guy. Yeah, yeah, and he's supposed to have integrity and like – And they throw that out the window so quickly. yeah. Also, those guys are the ones who were so fixated on the time at the beginning mm-hmm. and all the rules and stuff. And then they're the first ones to break rules yep. later on. And Ben Affleck's supposedly this great strategic thinker, you know, and then like the whole thing goes wrong because of his character descending. So now what's he about? Right. No, Nobody has a character. Nobody has like defining character traits mm-hmm. they are that all they just, stick with consistently through the movie. Yeah. They're all just guys in the same... They're all they're all just the same guy yeah swapping roles around yeah yeah and it's kind of annoying because later on you when you put sp- they're getting to a point where they're like oh look how they bond look how men bond in these teams of yeah and high-stakes situations it doesn't work as well because you're like these are five completely different people depending on what scene we're in yeah yeah exactly and oscar isaac always gets to give like the you know the motivational speeches and yep. stuff but even he goes into the point where he's like, let's kill a bunch of teenagers. Yeah. And then sw- swaps completely and goes, oh, now I don't want to kill any more people. And you're like, well, then consistent. Or after, have that After Ben talks to him, because at this point Ben is sensible. But also have that be a big moment for him instead mm. of just another moment where all of them are considering well, yeah, these terrible things. Yeah. And, and the same with – and that's the thing. Like if Ben Affleck is going to go from being the strategic thinker with the timing brain and all that kind of stuff to being the guy who's greedy and wants to take more money – You've got to make that a moment. Yeah. It's got to be a real character beat. Yeah, exactly. And then have the other three actually fulfill roles mm. instead of just always. because, like, okay, if you had to define each of these people in a word, what is Catfish about? Pedro Pascal's character. He's a pilot. That is literally all that there is to his character. The only defining characteristic is that he's a pilot. And he has a new baby at the beginning, and they're like, oh, and he's supposed to be like, oh, we're not going to kill the children. and. And then halfway through he's suddenly like, we just have to mow them down. two thirds of the way through. It's and ridiculous. He, but he also he like he has a moment where he talks about how he killed a lot of people in the war and doesn't mm-hmm. want to do that anymore. He also got picked up on a cocaine like on a cocaine charge. Yep. So like who is he? Even before we go, who is he? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> who is like Ben? He is a fighter. He fights. He's the loose cannon, little brother. No, but he isn't that, right? By the end, of the, like that's not yeah. is. So who is he? Who is Charlie Hunnam? He gives speeches He gives speeches in his bad accent to kids who aren't really listening to him. But that's not something that he does on the on the job at no. all. No, it's the opposite of how he behaves once he gets on the job. There's nothing defining for anybody. No, I do have a note that says, "Wow, this landscape shot is fucking gorgeous." Then so. yeah, and and they're not like, and there's some decent actors in the group. Like Ben Affleck is a good actor. I don't think Oscar Isaac Isaac is, is, a, a, well, is a good actor. Like, uh, yeah, well, Garrett Hedlund, Charlie Garrett Hunnam, Hedlund, Charlie Hunnam, <laughs> but, but I love and, Charlie Hunnam in the British Queerest Folk back in the day. But anyway, and yeah, that's the thing. These are not bad actors, right? Like, hmm. especially, like, Affleck and, and Oscar Isaac. Like, they're good actors and they it shows at times. Like, I've got a note here, sometimes I forget ba- Ben Affleck is a decent actor because he's really good. Like, you can see a lot of what's going on in his face. Okay. And also you can see them trying to make a storyline mm. for these characters, like trying to carve – yeah a logical character arc out of these characters yeah you can see them actually trying to do that Mm -hmm. a few times oscar isaac stands differently at the beginning of the movie to the end of it he's putting that effort in into trying to make this character journey work and so is ben affleck like he's trying to make that moment happen when his character decides to take the Mm. extra money and takes the unnecessary risk he's trying to make a moment with the boy in the yellow shirt from the village who later kills him. Like he, you can see him doing that and you can see all the stuff going on in his face. Like the, you know, the, he has a line about this takes the, his job takes the best 20 years of your life and spits you out the end of them. And I was like, is that Ben talking or is that the character talking? But also you see all that in his face. Mm -hmm. And you also see a really cool, um, I think one of his best acting moments is when he's interrogating the informant Mm. and you can see the cracks yeah. You can see this person who is both like who is a family man and who is a good person kind of start to go like lose trust with everybody. Mm. But we don't have enough of a journey on that. Mm. Like it it happens to it, it already has happened because he wanted to steal all the money in the house. So we've already kind of lost that moment. Yeah. Um, but that is a good scene for him. Um mm. Oscar Isaac trying to pay off the guy who who runs the town. Yeah. It's a really good scene for him. Also, he speaks Spanish in it a lot. (laughs) A lot of the time. Yes. But like all through that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. I mean, but he just through the opening yeah, scene and he does um, with Pedro Pascal and like, yeah, it's, it's great. He says he has a little line when they're burning the money where he goes, este loco. And I was like, oh, so cute. Anyway, <laughs> I, was so, I was so distracted by him in this movie. Right. I haven't seen a movie with him in it in a while. And I think I had taken for granted just how good he looks. He's forgotten the crush. I, yeah. I know what that feels like. And you see, I see him again. And he looks really like especially yeah. good in this film. Yes, he does. I'm not the biggest fan of the the baseball cap that he puts on. He looks when they're just on the Rocky part of the trip in their baseball caps. They all look so suspicious and out of place, like yeah. these five big, obviously American guys with like their baseball caps and their, four big American guys and Oscar, but yeah, and Oscar, but yeah, and one guy in very tight jeans. Um, and, and they all look so conspicuous. Yeah, but lo- like he's co- he's the leader, and he's constantly looking up at people in this movie, and it yeah. just. I, they they focus on that with the camera work, which yeah, I yeah. think is really clever. I mean, I like that. Like it's, it's um, it also shows that like special forces, they, they, what they wanted to say is there's different types of guys go into this special forces thing and sometimes they need the guys who are smaller and more strategic and sometimes they need the bigger guys and you know, mm. and that's fine. Oh, when they were, that was actually when they were robbing the house. Yeah. And I was so distracted that I was missing like lines oh, that were happening. Right. I, the house robbing scene was actually really well done. I've Badly been, lit though. I've yeah, I've written down that um the house and the jungle and the rain all really mm. work really well together. Um, and there's a shot also when Oscar Isaac leaves the house to go to the van that's all in one take mm-hmm. that comes all the way around the side of the house. It's quite well, done. and the way the house has a character, you, mm. they do that really well. And the the green interiors and stuff, I was like, this would be a great setting for a horror movie. You should definitely watch um A Most Violent Year. Yeah, no, I, a, a, mean lot to. Of, a lot of that stuff is in there. Yeah, um, it's cool. The, there's a. A scene where it's one of the first displays of violence from Oscar Isaac towards somebody else, and mm. then the camera just follows him chasing after somebody for a while, and then it's like, it's really intense. Yeah, really and the, good. This... he doesn't look as good because there's this weird, like. N- I think late eighties or early nineties fashion thing going on. That's not as good, but mm. he's well, good in it. Th- thinking about the way um, that there's some cool use of GoPro in here as well. Like if, mm-hmm. the Oscar Isaac hanging off the back of a van at one point with yes, the GoPro. That is great. I wrote early that that was on, a good shot too. Um, there's another one later on, on some other form of transport. I can't remember, but they, they use that really well. And that's going to be the car the, chase at the end. Yeah, that's it. And the, yes, yes. Mm. When they're going into the sea mm. and that, that, that was why like, that Catherine Bigelow thing came back to me again as well because she's obviously a big sort of proponent of that sort of handheld. But again, it's it's GoPro, but it's really well shot and you can see what's going on. It uses it properly. It's mm. not shaky in any way. Mm. It's a steady cam kind of thing. <laughs> Garrett Headland has a cool guys don't look at explosions moment when they're blowing up the house that I thought was really funny. Either he or Hunnam also says um, a fire would be righteous. At yeah. one point, yes, which I thought was really funny. That was funny, but also those are the two who talk about setting a fire and stuff, and they're supposed to be the ones who are like, you know, on top of all the anyway, whatever. Yep, but also <laughs> loose cannon. No um, they need to be. Also, both of them get wounded, and there's no repercussions. Charlie Hunnam's gunshot wound, which he sustains quite early on while they're robbing the house, of this no guy. No consequences no consequence he just he just like bandages himself up yeah there's nothing yeah i know nothing and then they talk about not wanting to drag him through the jungle and then they go through the jungle and there's no consequences well yeah and then there's nothing else beyond that point of just Mm. like he kind of he can't walk a little bit and then he's fine even though they go on the world's worst camping trip through altitude sickness and like helicopter crashes and donkeys like come on Oh, the poor donkey. Oh I wrote a note God. that says, oh, no, the donkey, and I have a little crying face. Yeah, I was least, really sad about the donkey, too. At least one person in the group goes, that was a living creature, man. Like, at least yeah. somebody cares that they just killed this poor donkey. Pedro Pascal, before the big character shift. Oh, was that we, him? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I, I couldn't follow some of the time. Well, and Pedro it- Pascal is, like, fundamentally decent for the first two-thirds of the film, and then suddenly, like, that's why the we have to mow them down thing is so jarring. There's yeah. no moment that tells you that's coming. Just... Yep, this is a different guy now. Yeah, it's very weird. It's very stupid. Yeah, my next thing after the donkey bit is aimless and boring. So, mm. oh, I did. I actually did write down that they when they they do uh, crash the chopper, it's a really good action sequence. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, except that carrot headland runs directly towards the chopper oh while it's still god. crashing like an idiot. Yes, and he gets it, and the um the tail rotor heads towards him, and like yeah. and he runs towards it while it's still. Oh my god. Yeah. Um. I wrote that the soundtrack to this is a thing. Uh-huh. I didn't decide whether it was a good or a bad thing. Just a thing. It exists. It's I was, there. yeah. I've written things like this thing thinks it's apocalypse now, yeah. or this thing thinks it's Iron Man, or like it's sort of borrowing from the way this is done in other movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I wrote they Janet Leigh Affleck. Yeah, <laughs> because he's the most famous character well, in mean, his first yeah, but one. He and only one to die, but he only he doesn't die till the end of the third, of uh, the second act. So. It's not quite the same. Not quite, but it's still – I mean, he's the most famous one. Yeah, and he, he does. Yeah. I, I, I know. I think that was deliberate. I also noticed that they were shooting somewhere very cold then because everybody's lips were blue. Yeah, well, they, if they, they did actually shoot in Colombia, right? Yeah. And so in the Andes, they would have all been suffering from altitude sickness. It's not discussed really – At that altitude, the oxygen is really thin and they probably would all have some form of altitude sickness. I was like, why not make that a plot point? Like, make them go a little bit crazy because of the altitude or make them not be able to do something or – and lifting things would have been much – even hard. Like, they're lifting like a thousand – couple thousand pounds of money and stuff. Like, that would have been so much harder given the actual climate Mm. they were in. I think – also that Garrett Headland sings in all the movies he's in with Oscar Isaac which is a weird note as well. What does he sing in this? He sings the song when when Ben Affleck dies the song oh, yeah, about yeah, the mother yeah, crying. Yeah. That's right. He, the you know it's um it, it's a ranger song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a song for that rangers yeah to show that they're all not just special forces they're rangers. Yeah. Yeah. Um I just thought that was funny that he he sings in all of his Oscar Isaac movies. Mm. Um there's a scene – there's also a good scene, confrontation scene, where Oscar Isaac is talking about he died for – Ben Affleck died for this money and one of the brothers goes, he didn't die for this money, he died because of it. Oh, I wrote that down as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's then great um, line. also says, we got what we deserved. Mm. But I'm pretty sure it's Benny who says that, which doesn't make any sense because those are clearly Charlie Hunnam lines. Yeah. But that po- that's the point at which Ben is sensible again and it's not much later than that that he runs off to the coast to see about the boat. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's mostly sensible from that point on. Yeah. Oscar trying to help the kid got to me. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm a sucker. No, but that was sweet. I know. like, And that sort of takes you back to when he was looking after the informant and her brother and that kind of stuff. Like if we'd had a bit more of that consistently throughout, he would have been much easier to relate to and, to engage with. Yeah, and when he gives the money to the village yeah. elder as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they get – like they dump the money – they get back and all of that is actually, apart from the car chase, not very interesting. The, yeah, the a car chase at the end is really good. There's some really good stunt driving. Yeah, but those teenagers were conveniently young. Yes. To like really make a point. Yes. Like it would have been more interesting if they were older or a mix of ages instead of really yeah. trying to hammer that point home. Yeah, yeah. They really wanted to make it look like <sighs> they were villagers. But yeah, there was some really good, um, really good stunt driving. And then they're in like this Hilux and they're driving along the beach. And that is also really, really cool. Oh, yeah. It looked amazing. It's Yeah, really good. There's a moment at the end of this movie as well that, like, in a better movie would have really gotten me when they're all like, when they give the money to, to, to Ben Affleck's family. Um, ben Affleck's family. And then they all hug and they say they love each other and all that sort of stuff. In a better movie, like, I'm a sucker for that, that stuff. Yeah, that would have been a really, if we'd earned that moment, it would have been earned, you know? It would have yeah. felt like a really good emotional way to end the film. As it is, it's like, well, you guys ended up with nothing. And then, oh, look. Somebody wrote down the coordinates, so we're setting up for a sequel, which probably never get made because this movie was not good and I don't think it was well received. Oh, I didn't think it was a sequel thing. I thought it was just, like, this... Oscar Isaac might get something out of Arthur because gonna he go... was a good person in they're the end. going to go collect the money. My last note is about how Oscar Isaac looks so good in the sunshine because you can see all the salt and pepper in his hair. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one sort of shot into, like, my top – you know, looks for Oscar Isaac in movies, so not so it's much. It's high in quality. the looks, not so high in the quality. Well, yeah, but it's it. I still wouldn't say it's in the bottom half for the quality. Well, and that's the thing. And there's the filmmaking is good, except that it's not. Mm. Like it's the details are excellent, the big picture is lost. Mm. So yeah, there there is some redeeming stuff about that, but I did not. Yeah, I didn't have a good experience watching it, and I didn't enjoy it. I think the fact that a most violent year is based on a true story actually helps it a lot mm. because he. Um I don't think JC Chandor is very good at characters. Um yeah. and I think the fact that it was based on like the the mm. it being based on a true story gave him real people to base him on cuz yeah. you can't say Jessica Chastain is not an interesting character in a most violent year. You can tell that just by looking at the character design for her yeah. in that film, right? I I'm, I'm actually just I just want to double check the screen Oh no, yeah, he yes, JC Chandor did have the screenplay credit along with Mark Bol. I thought he did, yeah. Who's the the um Bigelow collaborator? Yeah, oh, that's uh, that's an issue. I've just discovered there was an Oscar Isaac movie that came out last year that I didn't even know about. Oh, we can talk about it in the car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what a, what are uh, we should give this movie ratings though first. Two and a half stars. Yeah, two stars from me. Fair enough. I actually yeah, I didn't. I don't think I found it as bad as you did. I, uh, again, partly because I've seen so much worse from him, but also because like it had all those elements that could have made it good, and I think the major problems were pacing and not enough definition in characters yeah I, I think i was also being angered by like i just kind of made me be angry the way it went and then that probably contributed to my lower rating fair all. enough um but yes thank you very much for listening to the silver screen queens podcast if you would like show notes or old episodes they're on our website dot com. and if you want to find us on social media we're at screen underscore queens on twitter and facebook.com forward slash silver screen queens thank you for listening bye bye